Hey, how y'all doing tonight? Who's, who's tired? Raise your hand. Yeah, I don't care. No, I'm just playing. I care. It's the weather, right? Who else is like, if the sun's not out, like, I'm just done for the day. Who else is like that? Like, if it's gray outside, like, all I want to do is sleep. Right? Like, how many of you, how many of you, the most important thing in your life is sleep? Yeah? Like, like you would rather get, like, five extra hours of sleep than, like, $5,000, right? You're like, take, keep the money, I'd rather sleep. If, you're, if you say that, you're crazy. But how many of y'all just love to sleep? Yeah, like, how many of you, like, if you don't get a good night's sleep, everybody knows about it. They can, <laughs> they just, they, not only, like, because there's, there's two types of people, right? There's two types of people that, when they don't get sleep, they either, one, are the ones that, like, tell everybody, like, damn, bro, I didn't get no sleep last night, man. I didn't get no sleep last night. How many hours did you get? I got one and a half minutes of sleep last night, man. Like, no matter how much sleep somebody else got, they will always one-up that person. Me? <laughs> like, I, yeah, if I don't. And then there's the other person that is very much me. Pastor Ariel is going to say amen to this. But people know you didn't get enough sleep because you're cranky. You be walking around cranky. Not you, though. You seem like you get sleep and you're like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Yeah? <laughs> bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, right? So, like, so you either tell people you didn't get no sleep or they can see it on your face, right? Add being hangry on top of also not getting sleep, and it is like a tornado of fury in my house. If I don't get enough sleep, right, and if I don't eat, Pray for Pastor Ariel because she wants to kill me sometimes. Because I'm such a butt nugget when it comes to not, like, when I, when I, butt nugget. Ha <laughs> ha. All the <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. But I love sleep. I like, I want to make sure I get sleep. It's kind of hard to get sleep when you're in the army though. Right? Like, there were moments where, like, I got, like, maybe, maybe four hours of sleep. And then, like, we're going all day. But there's this moment in Scripture where we're going to dive into tonight that's a very sleepy moment that we all can kind of relate to. And, and we're going to get into it tonight. Is that okay? Y'all are ready for it. I feel like we're spiritually growing. And so I'm going to give you more things to chew on. You know what I'm saying? Like we're kind of getting away from the baby food. All right, I'm going to give you some of my graham crackers tonight. All right, you know what I'm saying? Fire. Shout out to Dottie. We see in, in the gospel stories, and tonight we're going to be in Matthew chapter 26. Matthew ch- chapter 26. We see a moment in time where Jesus is, is in his really the most difficult hour of need he's ever had. And he brings his best friends with him to basically suffer in prayer in the garden and what happens to these fools? They fall asleep. Say, they sleep. They sleep. So can we just get into the word? Let me pray for a second. Lord, this is your word, not mine. And so, Lord, don't allow me to preach it in a way you didn't intend. There's so much truth and life and freedom that is found in your word. And I pray, God, that that will be evident tonight as we discover what it means to watch and pray. Lord, wake us up. 
tonight to receive what you have for us. In Jesus' name. And everyone says, Matthew chapter 26, verse 41. Tonight's message is titled this. Go ahead, throw it up the first slide. Watch and pray. Temptation conquered through prayer. Say watch, pray. Say watch and pray. We're going to see in a moment why this is so important. I had, this happens a lot. I just need to stop preparing in advance because I feel like I say this every other week where I write a message and then uh, I feel like the Lord like has something else. So I had a whole message. I had slides ready to go. Like I'd be doing my own slides. So I put a lot of work into this. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, in the prayer meeting last night, and the Lord drops this story in my heart. And I'm like, that's random. I guess I'll just unpack that at a later time. And then I went back to what I was going to do. And then today, as I was going over my notes, I just felt like that wasn't it. And so I really feel like the Lord wants to talk about this tonight. Is that cool with y'all? So if it's not fully put together, I just trust that the Holy Spirit will help you do that. I'm trying my best. All right, y'all ready? Matthew 26, starting with verse 36. If you are there already, say, oh, yeah. If you got to say, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. Uh-huh. Here we go. If you don't have a Bible, I want to give you one. So make sure you find me at the service. I want to give you a Bible talk to you about that. But if you don't have one for tonight, we're going to go ahead and read it on the Sky Bible. This is the Sky Bible. What up, Sky Bible? Here we go. Matthew 26, verse 36 through 44. It says 44, but we're going to 41. That's my Bible. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter... And the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Next slide. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as You will. Next verse. And he came to the disciples and found them what? And he said to Peter, so could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into what? The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is is weak. Tonight's sermon is called Watch and Pray. Jesus is giving us spiritual insight right here in this very moment. He finds his closest friends sleeping in the hardest moment of his life. This isn't like we're going on a road trip and my co-pilot fell asleep. Number one rule as a co-pilot, you can't fall asleep, right? Because you are the resident DJ as being the co-pilot. And make sure that the driver stays awake. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what, are you, what are you laughing at over there? Huh? Yeah, I fall asleep. I fall asleep. I'm a horrible co-pilot. I'm like, because I'm usually one driving the most, but it's all right. 
right? You know what I'm saying? All, all the men say amen because we be driving, all right? So this isn't like falling asleep at the movies when you bought a ticket and you fall asleep. I went on a date with somebody, and she fell asleep. It was over. I spent money on you, and you're going to what? Take a nap? You're going to snooze during Despicable Me? Right? So this isn't like a, I'm just going to take, I'm going to close my eyes. What some of y'all may not remember is Jesus is under a lot of stress because in this moment, he's about to be betrayed. And he feels in his heart and in his spirit that his time has come to do what? To be betrayed, to be falsely accused, to be unjustly tried in a under-the-table backdoor trial, and then ultimately handed over to authorities to be crucified. So this moment, Jesus is under a lot of stress. And in Scripture, it talks about he was under so much stress that as he was praying, he was sweating drops of blood. Now, y'all have been stressed, but y'all have never been drops of blood stressed. Do you know what I'm saying? And I won't go into it, but like, it's physically possible. Doctors have proven like this is a this is physically possible for someone to be under so much stress that out of their sweat glands, blood will come. So Jesus is stressed. He's scared because he's about to die. And so sensing a shift in the spirit, sensing that, okay, his time has come. He does the one thing that we all should do is pray. So they just got done with the Passover festival. Like, they just got done having Passover. He just got done calling out Judas. All right, this fool is about to betray me. And then, like, no one paid attention to this. So 11 of them go. Why did nobody realize that Judas wasn't with them? Beyond me. But apparently, no one noticed that little sneaky McSnake is not there. All right? So he's gone. Right? Trying to get everybody together to go, like, betray Jesus. So the 11 go, and then... As they go into the garden, this prayer area, he then tells someone to wait and then brings the three closest to him. Peter, James, John. His three best friends. All right, come a little bit closer. All right, now you guys stay here. I'm going to go pray over there. I need you to watch. And what? Watch and what? So watch and pray. So I I just want you to understand this. This isn't a, a road trip. This isn't a movie, right? This isn't a class that y'all be sleeping in. Right? This isn't a Zoom call where you black out your camera and then black out yourself. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, this is, this is a very intense, serious moment. I don't know about you, but if I was going under a lot of stress like that and my three best friends were right there, to find them asleep? How would that make you feel? Pretty bad, right? Like, I, I need you. What? Why are you sleeping? So he finds them asleep. Not once, not twice, but three times. Three times he finds them sleeping. This is heartbreaking to see. If you really understand the weight of this moment. Instead of wiping the blood off of his brow, Instead of being like, Jesus, what's going on? What's, are you okay? What happened? Did you hit your head? Did somebody pop you? Do I need to pop them? Like, Peter's already kind of ready. He's already violent. You know what I'm saying? He's about to cut somebody's ear off here in the next few moments. But, like, I, they, none of that happened. He finds them asleep. 
instead of wiping the blood off his brow, they only burden him more. Their best friend, their savior. Jesus responded with the sentence that I want to look at specifically tonight. So that the bulk of the verse that I just read is to give you context. But go ahead and throw it up on the screen. It says this, Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Leave that up. Leave that up. Jesus tells them to do two things. What are they? Watch and pray. I'm just making sure you're awake. Let me catch you sleeping. I'm, a, I'm not, I'm not going to be a lot nice like Jesus. <laughs> what does he mean by watch? Right? Like, what does he mean by watch? Right? To be alert. Right? To be ready. To be aware. To be focused. To be attentive. That's watching. Right? Like, how many of y'all go to the mall or Six Flags or downtown and y'all people watch? I love, Errol and I love people watching. We just be watching people be weird, dress all weird. We're just like, whoa. And then when we first started dating, we used to, like, pretend to do their voices. Like, like it, we were like, that guy's voice probably sounds like this. You know, <laughs> it's so bad. The Lord forgave us. You know, we're working on it. But we're alert. We're paying attention, right? So he says, watch. Then he also says to pray. So what does he mean by pray? Well, obviously, we kind of know this, right, to talk to God. Right? That's what prayer is. Prayer isn't just quoting scripture to the ceiling or to the root. Right? Like, like when we pray, we are having a dialogue with God, meaning he hears us. Right? So when we pray, it's not just empty words being tossed up in the air, hoping that something, someone, somewhere is listening. No, God listens. God hears you. So he's asking them to be aware, to watch, and to pray, to talk to God. Why would Jesus say this? Because if, again, the disciples are so lucky that I'm not Jesus because I would have been like super mad. Like, you don't see this? This blood. You ever sweat blood? Right? I would have been kind of upset. So be, be lucky that I'm not the savior of the world. Okay, you know what I'm saying? I'd be the horrible savior. Thank God I have one. Why would Jesus say this? What does watching and praying have to do with temptation? I, I, when, when the Holy Spirit brought that word into my heart at yesterday's prayer meeting, last night, he brought the story, and I'm like, what in the world are we talking about? And he brought it to my heart, and he brought it to my mind. But I had to ask that question is, what does watching and praying have to do with temptation? Well, you and I face temptations every day, right? Right? The temptation to cut somebody out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Not Kiana, though. Not her. Not her at all. Jesus gives the answer by keeping these two things together. If you have not written it down, write it down. Watch and pray. Write it down. Take notes. So he puts these two things together, and I'm like, okay. Like, Jesus doesn't say things on accident. Like, he doesn't just toss up empty phrases and be like, make sense of that. He's, like, he, he's very intentional because he doesn't have a lot of time left. So these are the last few hours of Jesus' life. So if I were you, and because I'm me, I'm paying attention in these last few moments because anything that Jesus says is going to be of 
extreme importance because he doesn't have time to waste. He is about to die. Die. He is about to experience something he's never felt before. Separation from his father, from the Holy Spirit. He's about to experience sin for the very first time by carrying it on himself. He's about to experience pain like he's never felt before. All of these things. So he's not wasting time. So when he says, hey, watch and pray, I'm like, whoa, he just said two things. I need to pay attention to that. So what is that? So how can I break this down? Because you have to watch and pray, not just one or the other, right? So watching without praying is like getting a diagnosis without a prescription. Watching without praying is like getting news from a doctor Hey, you're sick and not getting a prescription. How about this? Praying without watching is like being in a pharmacy without knowing what's wrong with you. That's what that is. The medicine you need is available, but you don't know what to ask for. Shout out to Ara who works at a pharmacy. Fish nugget. So so you see what I'm saying here? It's not watch and maybe pray, it's not pray, and if you can, watch. He's, he's giving a command, right? Like Jesus, he doesn't really do suggestions. I don't really see Jesus in the Bible suggesting stuff. You know, I suggest that you apparently pray and watch, right? Apparently, you should watch and pray. Like, no, that's not Jesus. Jesus is giving a command. Peter, watch and pray so that you may not fall into temptation. When we watch and pray, we are able to resist temptation. Because why? Because we can see it coming. We can see it coming, right? I'm talking physically watching, spiritually watching. So again, when I say watch, it's being alert. Being aware of what? Being aware that you have an enemy. And it's not the school bully. It's not your parents. It's not how you feel. It's not the government. It's not our president. It's not whoever, right? We have an enemy. The Bible says that, that our enemy isn't a flesh and blood, right? There's spiritual war going on. We have an enemy, and his name is Satan, and he wants nothing more than to separate you from God again so that you can live eternally away from him. That's our enemy. So what are we watching for? It's not what, it's who, because we're, we're watching for somebody that wants to destroy you. The Bible says that he wants to seek, kill, and destroy. That's what he wants to do. And so, I don't know about you, but like, me growing up in this neighborhood back when it was like, huh? Whenever I walked somewhere, I was doing one of these. Who else is with me? You walking down the street, you constantly do this. I'm watching because the ops, right? Because we got ops. We do. You got ops. You got spiritual ops. That's a whole nother sermon series. That's a whole nother sermon series. That's the next sermon series, spiritual ops. But we do. Y'all got ops. And he wants to destroy you. That sounds crazy, but it's the reality. And how does he do that? So he doesn't come in like blatant sin. You know what he likes to do? He loves to dress up. He likes to look really nice. 
And that is what temptation is. It's sin in a suit. Fire. That's not even, that's not even in my notes. I already tell you something. That's what temptation is. Temptation has a clean haircut. Temptation smells good. Temptation looks fresh. So you're watching. This is not in my notes. You're watching for the obvious bad guy. The, the, the sin that's obvious, right? Like, I shouldn't do that. That's an obvious sin. But a lot of you are being tricked by temptation because it looks good, feels good, and sounds good. And so it's, it's, the question is tonight is, who are you watching for? And you need to understand something tonight that the enemy loves to charade and walk around and make himself look like it's something you need. He's pretty. Pastor Joy talked about this last night, that the devil, like Lucifer in heaven, was, was donned in jewels. Like, he's not ugly. Sin is ugly, but he's not. And so, of course, sin and temptation is what? Appealing. And so, if something looks good, sounds good, feels good, you need to ask yourself this question. Is this a wolf in sheep clothing, or is it biblical? Is it biblical? Should I be doing this? And let me tell you something. I don't care what adult or teachers... If society thinks y'all are dumb, they're dumb. Because y'all know right from wrong. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's in you. Because you decided to be a follower of Jesus. You know what you're supposed to be doing is what you're supposed to be doing. And you know when you're not supposed to be doing something, you're not supposed to be doing it. But it feels good. I need to get back. Can I get back? When we watch and pray, we're able to resist temptation because we can see it coming. We can see it coming. What causes us to sin and fall into temptation? It's our inability to stay awake. What happens to disciples? They fall asleep. They can't, they're not awake. So here's the story. In basic training, oh, another army story. Shut up. I'll say whatever I want. I have a mic. I love you. Um, basic training, we had something called the forge. It's the culminating uh, field training exercise where we apply the last 10 weeks of training into this four-day, three-night, just hell of a, a four-days, three-nights. It was awful, and it was fun at the same time. I loved it. I would do it all over again. But there's a moment where we have something called a patrol base, and it's shaped like a triangle, and I'll spare some of the details, but it provides 360 security. And there's a part of the day where we have something called stand two. And stand two is basically, we call it out, it means that no one's working, no one's cooking, no one's doing anything. Everybody is on high alert. We are on security. It means 100% security. So that means everybody has a weapon in hand, they're online, and they're watching. At this moment of time, it's called nautical twilight. It's not a, a sequel of the movies, all right? Like, be like, I never saw that movie, Team Edward, right? I don't know, like, Nautical Twilight is not a movie about vampires. <laughs> Sorry, that got me. <laughs> That's really good. Sorry. So, Nautical Twilight is essentially this. We have night vision. They're called nods, right? You've seen, like, on Call of Duty, whatever, right? So, Nautical Twilight is a time of day where it's too bright out, 
It's like when the sun is setting, it's just right under the horizon. It's too bright to use your night vision, but it's too dark to use your naked eye. And so it's nautical twilight, and they say it's 100% security at this time because way back when, the, the Native Americans would use this time to infiltrate the lines because men couldn't see properly and they would fall asleep. And so what happened is they would sneak past the perimeter, they would sneak past the patrol base, they would get in the lines, and they would, like, kill people, scalp people. They would do awful things. And so they were like, we can't do this anymore. We need everybody to be at 100% security. Fast forward to my, my basic training experience. We had a first sergeant that would, in the middle of the night or during nautical twilight, would catch people sleeping. And he would take a, a, a dummy knife and put red paint on it, and he would, he would mark you while you were asleep. And so when you woke up and you had red paint on you, everyone realized you fell asleep. What does that mean? It means you allowed the enemy in. And because of your lack of discipline and because of your falling asleep, other people were hurt. And so how do I bring that to this moment? Stay awake. Because there is an enemy out there. And there's this, the enemy loves to strike at moments like nautical twilight where you can't see. Those moments in your life where you feel like you can't see where you're going. You can't see God. You can't hear God. The moments of the unknown. Right? Because I'm standing there, and I'll tell you what, in the woods, in nautical twilight, you can't see nothing. Like, a squirrel looks like a bad guy. I'm popping that squirrel dead in the face. I'm letting it rip like a Beyblade. I don't care what anybody says. So, so in the same season of your life where you feel like you can't see, and you don't know what direction you're going in, and you just feel like you're staring out into nothing, that's so, that moment in our life, it's so easy for us to fall asleep. So easy for it to fall asleep. But I'm calling you to stay awake. Check out this next slide. Our prayers are powerful, but you and I need to stay awake. You have to stay awake. So last week we mentioned Peter's denial of Jesus and his forgiveness. Or oh, two weeks ago, sorry, when, excuse me, I preached on failure is not final. Y'all remember that? Come on, that was a good word for somebody, amen? So we got Peter in this moment, denies Jesus. This moment that we're talking about right now is what took place before Peter's denial. Could it be that Peter's willingness to deny Jesus came from a lack of watching and praying? Because Jesus knew Peter would fail, yet he encouraged him to victory. Knowing that the resources for victory were found in watching and praying. So the ingredients for victory is found in watching and praying. Say watch. Say pray. If Peter woke up both physically and spiritually and drew closer in his dependence on God, Maybe he could have kept himself from denying Jesus at his most critical hour. Do you remember we talked about this was devastating for Peter? This was, this was a devastating moment. 
He just denied his best friend. But now all of a sudden, where is that passion at? Where, where is that passion at that all of a sudden, you know, we see Peter devastated about Jesus and his deny, but like staying asleep, that's denying Jesus. Sorry, Peter, you, you were denying Jesus, not just in front of the little girl, you were denying Jesus in the garden when he needed you most. Your sleep isn't more important. I don't want that to be you, and I don't want that to be me. I want you to stay awake. Jesus saying watch was him giving us our physical limitation. That's all we can really do, right? We can just watch. Peter, all you can do is watch. But also Jesus saying pray should have reminded Peter, Peter that it is only by God's strength and power. So what do I mean by that? Watch like it depends on you. Pray like it depends on God. He gives them both. He commands both. Peter, watch, because that's really all you can do as a human. It's all you can really do. When he says pray, he's not saying, Peter, it's all on you, because he knows Peter can't stay awake. He knows James and John can't stay awake. So he says pray. Why? Because the strength to stay awake is in what? Prayer. It's in prayer. That's how you stay awake. Jesus found victory at the cross by succeeding in the struggle in the Garden of Gethsemane. But Peter, just like us, failed in later temptation because he failed to watch and pray in this present moment. I'm going to get there. Don't, don't worry. So what does that tell us? The spiritual battle that you and I face is often won or lost before the crisis even comes. The spiritual battle that you and I can either win or lose. So it's like figuring out or knowing if you're going to win the World Championship Baseball, you know, tournament. Did I say that right? World Baseball game, classic, right? Like, it's like, knowing you're going to win or lose it before you show up. When we watch and pray, or the lack of watching and praying will tell us whether or not we're going to win or lose before the temptation even comes. Because think about this. The temptation for Peter was the denial of Jesus that came later. It wasn't right there. Right? He, didn't, he didn't have that conversation with somebody in the garden. So what am I saying? What am I saying? With prayer is this. Throw that next slide up. Future battles can be won with present prayers. Future battles can be won with present prayers. Let me break it down. The temptations that the enemy has set in advance for you to try to trap you and try to trick you, you can overcome them before you get there. That sounds crazy because a lot of us are used to this. A lot of us are used to waiting till crisis comes. Then we watch and pray. Newsflash, it's too late. You are already trapped. But this idea, 
this command of watching and praying, Jesus is saying, listen, you can overcome temptation before you have to overcome temptation. You can win or you can lose depending on if you watch and pray before that problem even arises, before that problem comes. There are battles ahead that you and I can already declare victory in. We've already won the tournament or we've already lost it. We can declare victory, though, by watching and praying right now. But you and I have to stay awake. You have to stay awake. And here's something. I want to talk about this. Can I talk about this? You say that now. You fall into sin most of the time because instead of doing what you're supposed to be doing, you choose to do the opposite. I do that. We all do that, right? So that's not me, like, throwing shame on you because, like, Hey, I could say that about me. God spoke to you, or this, God spoke to you and gave you the answer and the help you needed, but because you become too familiar with Jesus, you become too familiar with God, you think it's okay to sleep. So the devil wants nothing more than to trick you into thinking that this is just another service. Same old, same old, right? There goes Jesus going, like, here's the disciples. Like, they fell asleep. Like, there goes Jesus. Like, yeah, he does this. He likes to go off by himself and pray. So, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to close my eyes a little bit. Or there goes Pastor Izzy telling army stories again. Yep. Every Thursday. Some of you are fighting sleep right now in this very room. I'm not here to call you out or judge you, but this is a perfect example of God is speaking. His word is evident. God is moving He wants to encourage you in this word, and yet, you're tired. Listen, if God is speaking, the creator of the universe, I want to be awake for that. Because I need that in my life. Because he's not going to lie to me. Some of you know, I won't go there. If you see somebody getting tired next to you, pinch them. Just pinch them. A nice little soft pinch. Did they not hear his voice? The disciples, did they not see the blood on his head? Could they not see that he, this was not like any other time? This is what you and I struggle with. How do you and I end up falling asleep? Familiarity. We're just too familiar with church. We're too familiar with Jesus. We're too familiar with Pastor Izzy. We're too familiar with Pastor Joy. We're too familiar with the songs. We're too familiar with Excel. We're just, ah, it's just, I, I go here every Thursday. It's great. I'm just, I'm going to fall asleep. And you miss out, and I don't want that for you. That's what made them fall asleep. And some of us, when we pray, we focus more on the temptation and the sin than on him when we pray. So here's a side note real quick. Praying about your temptations can make them worse if all you do is focus on them. This is especially true with, like, worry and lust and conflict. The more you focus on them, the more they multiply. God, please don't help me look up porn. Please don't help me look up porn. Please don't help me look up porn. Please don't. And what, what usually happens? I'll talk about, I listen, I'll be that youth pastor. I'm not afraid to talk about it. I'll say the, people don't like to say that word, but I don't care because it's true. People deal with it. Don't smoke. Don't smoke. Don't smoke. Don't sleep with her. Don't touch her there. Don't touch him there. Don't think about that. Don't act like that. Right? We, we, when we pray, ultimately what we're doing is we're just like multiplying the sin issue. But instead, 
instead, I want you to pray like this, Lord, help me love you more than anything else. Help me love you more than it, God, because I know you love me more than anything. Don't let me give in to temptation. Your love is greater than this. Your love is greater than that. What have you just amplified? Him, yes, and his love. You said, you said, listen, I'm not going to waste my prayer elevating sin. That makes sense, right? Am I preaching tonight? Are you hearing me? Like, how many times do we pray? How many times do we pray and all we did was throw our sin up in the air and multiply it and then be like, now what? I'm not saying don't bring your sin before God. I'm saying 100% bring your sin before God. But he can help you. And so instead of saying, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this, just say, God, I know you've called me to be more. I know you've already freed me from this. I know I don't have to struggle with this anymore. I know you love me more than anything. I know that even if I absolutely do this after the prayer, because some of y'all be praying, and then you just end up sinning. Lord, even though, even if I make the mistake after this because I'm weak and I'm a sinner, I know you still love me. Help me love you more than anything. Help me love you more than anything. Change me. Rearrange me. Change, change my mind. Change my mindset about things. So some of y'all, when you pray, stop doing that. You're only making an idol out of your sin. That was a whole side note. Here's a question for you. What areas in your life are you asleep in that God is calling you to watch and pray for? And it's normally the area that we struggle in the most. If you are struggling in a certain area in your life, can I tell you this? You are asleep then. You're asleep. You're spiritually asleep. Now, I'm not saying that like, oh, man, well, then, then I don't know what to do because I've been dealing with this for forever. I think there's a difference between watching and praying and you being a sinner and in need of a savior and you deliberately falling asleep and allowing things in your life. Those are two different things. What areas in your life are you asleep in that God is calling you to watch and pray for, to be awake? The time of your greatest testing may prove to be your finest hour. Maybe you're thinking tonight, that's great, Pastor Izzy. If a person triumphs over temptation, that's awesome. Great. Good for them. But I failed. So what now? I want to remind you in Luke chapter 22. It's not on the screen, but Jesus prayed for Peter when Peter didn't pray for himself. He says this, Simon, Satan demanded that he might sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. This moment made it possible for Peter to be restored. And what Christ did for Peter, he's able to do for you. Jesus has prayed for you. When you've slept on yourself, when you've slept on your family, when you've slept on your calling, when you've slept on your devotions towards him, your commitment to Christ, I'm glad he stayed awake. And he's interceded for you. And he's prayed for you. Because he loves you and he desires a relationship with you. He knows your limits. He knows at some point you're going to fall asleep. But ultimately, the victory over sin and shame has already happened on the cross through Jesus. I was like, how do I end this night with six minutes left? I want to be brave in this. I want our altar time to be effective. And if we go over, we go over but this spoke to someone here. 
but I want all of us to respond to it. And so, because I love you, Emily, do you mind hopping up? I know we talked that I wouldn't have you do it, but I changed my mind. I want everybody to stand. I want everybody to stand to your feet. Normally, like, where's the music? Doesn't it make us feel more emotional? I'm not here to emotionally manipulate you. There are things in your life that's kicking your butt. But it's because you're asleep. And God wants to give you victory over those things, but he can't do that if you're not awake. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to try something. And I want you to be brave with me. I want you to be brave with me. If there are things in your life, like I said, that God is calling you to wake up, to be mindful of it, to watch, to pray, so that you won't fall into that temptation anymore, if that's you, I want you to come here so we could pray. And I'm going to step down here because that's me. Because there are things in my life that I'm asleep in. And I'm failing in certain areas of my life. If that's you, if you feel like you need to wake up in certain areas of your life, come, join with me. It's not me calling you to respond. I'm responding with you. I'm right here with you. You can spread out. I'm I'm at the altar with you. I'm failing in certain areas of my life because I'm asleep. God, I need you to help me wake up. That's the prayer. So that I can watch and I can pray and I can be a better leader for Ariel. I could be a better husband. I could be a better dad. And so those of you that have not stepped out of your seat, I still want you to find a place in the altar as we pray. I'm not going to sing. We're going to do this. So if you want, let's go ahead and spread out. Let's go ahead and spread out because I want, I want you to feel comfortable in this. I'm going to have certain people come up and pray for certain things, kind of like what we did last week. But if you're here tonight and you and Jesus aren't close enough to be one of those three that he called, meaning you don't really follow Jesus, meaning you're not a Christian or you're not sure if you're a Christian, I'm not going to lead you in a prayer like I normally do because I want this to be between you and him. So if you are not a Christian, hey, let's break up that whatever's happening right there. This is a holy moment. Yeah. I love you guys enough to make sure that you guys pay attention to this moment. I love y'all enough. So I'm not trying to embarrass you. I believe in you. You don't got to hide. I'm No one's upset. I just, I, I love you and I believe in you and I want God to speak to you, because even though you may feel like you're young, God can still use you to do amazing things. He can, he can use you guys. He can use your swimming for his glory. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I believe it. Same for Devin. Like, so I want you to pay attention to this moment, because this isn't just a big kid moment. This is an all-kid moment. So it's something to think about. So we're just going to pr- pray. And so right now, just go ahead and close your eyes. And that area in your life that you feel like God is calling you to wake up in, just start praying out loud about it. 
I'm going to pray first, and I just want you to pray. Because I'm not, I'm not going to send a band up here to get you riled up. Because you're going to respond if you really want to. So I'm going to pray, and I want you to pray right now. Lord, in this moment, it's a vulnerable moment because we're exposing ourselves. And there could be a sense of pride or a sense of shame that comes from saying, God, here are the areas that I'm struggling with. Here are the areas that I'm dealing with, and it's embarrassing. But I know this, God, that like nothing, nothing in our lives that you haven't already seen, have already died for, have already redeemed, so there's nothing to be embarrassed about. And so, God, in the areas of our lives that we are asleep, in the areas of our lives where we've allowed the enemy to just come in and infiltrate, God, I pray that you would wake us up physically, wake us up spiritually so that we can watch and pray so that we wouldn't fall into temptation anymore. We wouldn't fall into that sin. We wouldn't fall into that temptation because we can declare victory over future battles with present prayers right now if we would just watch and pray. God, help us. God, we need you. Sal, keep praying, keep praying. Sal, I want you to pray for, um, I want you to pray for addictions. I want you to pray for uh, students that find themselves in repeated sin patterns and they feel trapped in it. And I want you to just declare freedom over that. So if that's you, 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 you have an addiction to something, you name it, and you feel stuck and you want to be free from this. You're tired of feeling dirty. You're tired of being ashamed. You're tired of feeling like you're not loved or, or, or unable to be loved. Like God can free you from that. God can heal you from that. God can restore you. So if that's you, Sal's going to pray over you.